What do you get when you cross a blind guy, his wife, and the life? Oh my gosh, one heck of a love story. That's what you get. And since we're all about stories, we're going to talk about that one today. Let's do it. What's my story? Welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast. I'm your man, Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. We are here again with another amazing story because that's what we do. We have amazing stories every week. The whole point and purpose of this is to showcase stories, pivotal moments in people's lives that cause them to be able to navigate towards their success. How do you handle challenges? How do you handle trauma? How do you handle pain? My goodness, all of us go through it. And so sometimes we need a roadmap. We need to just see how somebody else did it that will encourage us to be able to do that ourselves as we travel, as we travail. I like those words. My dad says that. My dad's a preacher. I'm a preacher's kid. Travail. As we travel. No, I'll play. All right, let's keep on. <laughs> let's go on. Welcome to this show. If you want to support the show, make sure that you head on over a boom to my right, rk3tv.live forward slash BMAC. If you want to know when we're going live and be a part of our giveaways and be a part of some special stuff in our community, make sure that you text me. Get on our text list, 410-936-4049. Listen, it's not a bot. I promise you, if you text me, I will respond, but you got to text 410-936-4049. And if you want to become a better storyteller, if you want to make sure that your small business can gain greater visibility, how do you connect people? Well, through your story. That's one of the best way to do, ways to do that. And I want you to get connected with us. Join our community, storytellersgrowthlab.com. Now, as we say, we have all of these great episodes, all of these great stories that we share online every week. And sometimes you may wanna hear them again, but because they're video, you're probably not gonna be able to drive in your car and watch them, at least you're not supposed to, unless you're driving a Tesla and it's self-driving, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we do the audio version of the podcast every Thursday at 7 a.m. We release the audio versions of these podcasts. So today's guests, they're going to drop knowledge. They're going to share with you golden nuggets. If you want to hear them again on your drive, on your way, on the road, make sure that you hop on over to What's My Story Podcast.live so that you can get the audio version of this episode, last week's fabulous episode, the episodes before that, because there's a whole lot of goodness inside of them. Well, I won't hold you. I won't hold you up any further. We have an amazing love story. We have an amazing story of grit. We have an amazing story of perseverance. And I don't want to spoil the surprise, but I want to say that this is a story that most of us don't have the opportunity to go through. Most of us aren't able to experience this. Most of us have sight. And we're not able to experience blindness. Maybe if you go to bed at night and you close your eyes, you can get a little bit of it. But that doesn't really happen to most of us. So I want to share with you a couple today who've known each other since childhood. 
my goodness, they just couldn't get away from each other. They've known each other since childhood and they've stuck with each other through all of the challenges, through thick, thin, through sight and blindness. Hey, let's welcome to our show, Corey and Lakita Staten. Hey, how are y'all today? Hey, good morning. Thank you for having us. I should say good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I will say that we're doing great today. For us, it's afternoon, so it's a good day. Great weather. We're alive. We're here. We're happy. Yeah, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, listen. Before we jump into uh, your story, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. I know that you have this great company and. Corey was schooling me on the pronunciation earlier. Let me see if I get it right. Atumpan. Edutainment. Atumpan Edutainment. Atumpan. Okay, I was close. I didn't get the pun right. All right. All right. So tell us a little tell us a little bit about your 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 company and and what you do. How how do you serve the world? What are you up to? Atumpan Edutainment Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit that we started over 25 years ago. And what we do is we celebrate uh, culture and educate through world music, folklore, and dance. And we travel the Mid-Atlantic region uh, doing all sorts of presentations for uh, professional development, staff development, for teacher educa- educator development, and of course, you know, schools, libraries, museums, festivals, universities, you name it. We've done it. We've done weddings. We've been, uh, made presentations. And haven't done a funeral yet and hope not to. We have done lots of different things, and we just we we're always out and about and bringing, bringing, sharing our our story and our culture with the community. Mm-hmm. So when, you say you do, when you say you do weddings, what does what does that look like? What what do you do at weddings? Oh, sure. You know, when we say we do weddings, that's <laughs> we know what we do. But you're right. Most people are like, well, what does that mean? Well, as storytellers, a lot of times people uh, they like their stories being told. So we might get, gather their love story, components of it, and Corey being a storyteller and a wordsmith, an amazing storyteller, an amazing wordsmith. You know, he puts that story together so that we might present at the reception. A lot of times they want live music. So with our African percussion, we provide live music. They might want dance. We bring our live ensemble, or they might just want engagement. So we might do things with the audience um, or the guests at the reception to warm up. Yeah. A lot of times at weddings, uh, they like a presentation of the bride. So we might bring the bride in with music, sometimes with dancers. A lot of people think of, this is a bad example that we don't like to use, but it's one that people can resonate with. Uh, The show Amen, um, remember when Thelma got married to the Reverend and they had the the drum line come in and it was like a big thing to um, dance them out. That is, you know, I wouldn't say we're, we go that big, but, you know, we, we come close. <laughs> Hold on. So you just you just said amen. You talked about this show, uh, amen. I mean, who, who are you talking to? I mean, you, you, that's like uh, if you are older or if you're younger than like 1990, I don't know if you know about <laughs> well, I was going to help you. I was going to try to help well, save no, I was, no, here's the thing. Well, we are in the age we are in the age of information. So if I say the TV show, amen, people can just Google TV show, amen, and they can put in wedding, Thelma's wedding, and boom, they'll be like, oh, that's what she's saying. So, you know, I feel like I'm actually 
not dating myself in this instance. Yes, you did. As much as I am, you know, talking to everyone now from age zero to 109 because, you know, we've got the information at our fingertips. Well, me being much younger than her, I'll use the example of Black Panther when they presented T'Challa, uh, or as the uh, when he was coming to the uh, challenge yes, day yes. with the with the djembe percussion orchestra and the singing and the dancing. It, of course, we don't have hundreds of people doing that, but we do have an ensemble that will bring those elements to anybody's uh, special occasion. So that's how it works. Absolutely appropriate attire, um, so they might have traditional garb on as well as colors and flags uh, depending on which culture we're representing because Africa is 54 countries. And as African-Americans, we celebrate our culture and we bring in um, as many of those 54 countries as we can. Not all at once, you know, definitely not all at once. And then of course, there are cultures within each country. So, you know, you definitely have to do your research. So as historians, we bring all of those things to a wedding, to um, any public presentation that we're asked to do. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about you. So you've had this marriage or you've had this relationship. You guys have known each other for a very long time and you you, you have a portion of your time together where your life is pretty much like any other, any teenager. And at some point at the age of 19, Corey, you experience, you have the, the, this this situation that happens where you have nerve damage, optic nerve damage or something around that that causes you to, to lose your sight. Tell us a little bit about that time, like just before that happens with each other, you know each other, and then this happens. What What happens to you, your feelings, your relationship with each other at that time? Yeah, we've known each other since, um, I'm going to date myself now. We've known each other since junior high, middle school for most people these days. And so, but, you know, we, you know, of course we were not dating. We knew each other casually as classmates. But then when we got to high school, um, just before our senior year, Mm -hmm. I I noticed her, she noticed me, and I made up some lame excuse that I need to borrow a book and, um, (laughs) <laughs> that just started the conversation from there. <laughs> yeah, real player lines, right? Well, <laughs> well, let's let's just say the relationship for us in junior high. I was um, an entrepreneur. I was the candy lady, the person that snuck in candy to the school, sold it throughout the day, and I was making a killing. And Corey was the guy that. If my backpack was open and he was sitting behind me, he would help himself. Keep the business of the house in the house, eat it. Oh, okay. Corey was a customer. Corey was a customer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was junior high. We we just, you know, we're customers. And uh, what do you call me if you're the customer? Um, You're the uh, merchant. Okay, yeah, we were merchants and customers, yes. So to fast forward, we dated dated um, throughout our our senior senior year. year. And we continue to date even after graduation, but because we both graduated, I was eighteen, and Corey was Corey was about to turn eighteen, and I say that because earlier he said, "Well, she's much older." So just so you know, we were still we were close, very close in age. So go ahead, Corey. We graduated. I was eighteen. You were close to eighteen. She's a cougar. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we uh, the year after we graduated, I was in X-ray school. Uh, studied to be a radiologic technician, and we had finished nursing. She got a nursing license, 
And um, I started the year in high school and then I finished the year after high school. There was a program at the high school where you could start there and finish the next year. So we were both well on our way to making careers. yeah careers and making plans together. Yeah, we were both working in the medical field and it was just going to be an awesome life. But um, in, towards the end of August, the beginning of September of 1994, I started having severe headaches. Started experiencing severe weight loss. I had neck stiffness and neck pain. I could not uh, hold food down. I just had these bouts where, for one week I'd be sick, the next week I'd be fine. Another week I'd be sick, the next week I'd be fine. And it was to the point that even my uh, when I was at the hospital, they were asking me to take a drug test because they thought I was doing drugs. And you mean for the for, radiology for the school? School, yes. Mm -hmm. They thought I was doing drugs. And my little part-time job they had, they had me drug tested because of all the weight loss, and I was constantly, you know. And this was in the '90s, yeah. also. So you have to think about the times when we say, "Yes, if we're doing drugs." It's like even now, you know, jobs they perform drug tests, but back then. It was really on the rise. It was in communities. It was just in the news. And so this was rather than people thinking, well, this kid might be sick. He's a great guy. He has his parents always supporting him. He has family support. Right. He has a wonderful girlfriend. You know, he's probably, <laughs> he, he's, he's, bless you. Sorry, I'm allergic to the story. <laughs> <laughs> right. So nobody like I don't I think that was part of the non-urgency for well, let's just let's just dig deep and see how fast we can work on the medical side of it. And my, my primary physician kept attributing me to uh, stress because I was working long hours at the hospital, I was working a part-time job, and then trying to be the average 19-year-old kid, you know, date and hang out with you know friends and things like that. So he just recommended rest and muscle relaxers. None of that worked. So I go to a doctor's visit one day because I started to notice my vision was getting blurry. And uh, I wore glasses to read and to drive, but even the glasses weren't correcting the uh, blurriness of the vision. And so and then I would get night blindness sometimes. I would drive, and if I went under a street like traffic light or a bright uh, street light, I couldn't see for that moment, and I could see when I came out on the other side. Which was, you know, street lights are lining the street, so, and cars are in front of you, and they might break while you're under a street light, so it, it was scary. So I told the doctor what was going on. He shines this light in my eyes, and then he has this. Uh, oh my gosh, look on his face. He rushes me to, they get me rushed over to a, an ophthalmologist. And the first thing they tell me is that, Mr. Staten, it looks like you have a brain tumor pressing on your uh, optic nerve. And so they rush me from there to the hospital to get an MRI. There's no brain tumor, but there's there pressure. pressure. And they can see the intracranial pressure in my uh, brain. So they do a spinal tap, thinking, okay, it's meningitis. It's not meningitis. And finally, they sent me to a neuro ophthalmologist who diagnosed it with pseudo tumor cerebral. False tumor on the brain. And um, they did a surgery. One, the first surgery was to make incisions in the sheath of the optic nerve so that the, the optic nerve, the spinal fluid, cerebral spinal fluid, could just be on a constant drip. They figured they could release the pressure, and they also let Corey know that it would increase his sinus problems. And it did, but this was one solution that they were looking for to relieve this phenomenon that happens typically to Caucasian women over the age of 40. And here's Corey, a black guy, under the, you know, he's 19, age 19. And so um, 
this at this point that didn't work. Like it just it wasn't working. It started to work, but they had me on prednisone, which is also an anti-inflammatory control inflammation. Yeah. But once they anybody's taking prednisone, it's a step down. So I started off with four pills and working way down to one. And once I came off of that last pill, all the symptoms returned. So the fast track. And this whole time we're dating, just so that you know, like you know, I'm going to visit him, and it was weird because some of the medications he was on, he didn't remember the whole visit. You know, we were talking, and back then we didn't have cell phones, but we weren't taking pictures or selfies. But you know, TV or whatever was happening, we were just chit chatting because he was still at home with his parents. I'm still at home with my parents, and so you know, we're hanging out, but he doesn't remember it. So. He, they have him on drugs, even a drug test, you know, they're giving you drugs ahead of you for getting stuff. But anyways, right. they, they realized they needed to do another procedure, which is why Corey has a lump on the side of his head and his hairline is weird on that side because it's a, it's a VP shunt that they had to insert. And that was set to relieve the pressure for, you know, for a lifetime. And it worked for a day and a half. Um, my vision's cleared up enough that I could see faces and recognize faces. I could uh, actually watch TV, but then I went to sleep uh, and I woke up the next morning and I said, Mom, why do y'all have all the lights out? And my mother's like, what do you mean? The window, the, the curtains, the window's open. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. What's wrong? And at that point in time, I realized I had completely lost my sight and that was the first day I didn't mind. Yeah, wow. and that wow. this, yeah, that's, that's, this the, happened in the hospital. That was the first day 25 years ago. You know, it's been 25 years this year. Um, yeah, that's where we are. Wow. So I definitely. Oops, I'm sorry about that. That was me. <laughs> I definitely want to um, go into the depth because I know you, you've taken us through the that experience you've taken us through the basics of it and you've taken us through uh all of the different facets the 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 doctor's visits all of those types of things and so different than somebody who was born blind you you actually have a portion of your life where you see things and you know what it's like and you see Lakita's face and you know what she looks like and and all of that and then all of a sudden it changes I want you to tell us, I want you to talk to us about the, the the days or the months right after that, where you now have to not only adjust to life as somebody that's blind, but you now have to adjust to a relationship with somebody that you have feelings for, knowing that you may not be able to ever see them again, like physically. So before we jump into that, I want to take us to a quick Word from our sponsor, Press and Sew, Andrew and Sylvia Nixon.
if you've got a business and you want to make sure that your swag is on point, you want to make sure that you look right. You want to make sure that your merchandise is merchandised right. Make sure that you head on over to pressandso.com. That's P-R-E-S-S-N-S-O-W.com. Andrew and Sylvia Nixon are going to do their best. They do their best. That's all they know how to do. And they're going to make sure that you're on point and that you are taken care of. So let's jump back into this story for a moment here. So Lakita and Corey, Corey has now had this first day where he is blind. He can't, he recognizes that he can't see. What are you feeling? And how do you now begin to navigate your relationship with each other right after this point? Yeah, it was definitely hard for me. Uh, it was a, a very big change, traumatic change in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I want to, I want to just say here that Corey's version is going to be a 100% different than mine, which is what I think is interesting. You know, hindsight is 2020, literally. So go ahead, Corey. So like I said, there, there was a lot of depression and a lot of irrational thoughts that were running through my mind. But um, the one constant was that the queen, it didn't seem to really change, but I did know deep in my heart if I had changed. And I remember call, she came over one, one day, went and sat on my car. My car was about to get towed away uh, because I didn't need it anymore. Because his parents so, had bought him a car and, um, you know, they should have kept it. Even though it was old, you know, old. back then it was like real metal and all of that right. stuff. <laughs> But anyways, it was a rust bucket, but it was mine. Yeah. And so we were sitting there at the car, and I just at that point told her, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it, but I don't want to hold you back from doing the things that you want to do. And um, she looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, I think we need to break up. And she was like, Corey, she said, deaf, blind, mute. She said, I love you. I'm not going anywhere because it hasn't changed. I don't think it has changed for me. And... I, I, you know, I told her, I said, it has changed. A lot has changed. I'm not the same person anymore. And she kept talking, and I, I know I, I probably look crazy, you know, crying out in the middle of the yard. And um, she said, I'm not going. And she said she decided to stay, and she definitely uh, has been there ever since. She hasn't pulled back on that. Um, and I'm asking now, she would rather have run away at that point in time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but now, like I said, that's, that's when... I, at that point in time, I realized that I had I definitely picked a winner uh, for a girlfriend who was my wife. Wow. So I think, yeah, I want to add. Did you have anything to add? Sorry about that, Rob. No, no, no. I, I want to hear your version. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? So my version is like I was just young and dumb, and I was thinking like, oh, you know, you can't see, but it'll get fixed because you know, as kids, older people fix things for you. That's what you're used to. And at this point, we're 19. And people say, oh, you know, you're 18, you're an adult. But we all know, as when you're older, you realize you're still a child. Your, your innocence is still there. Your ignorance is still there. You just don't know anything. And so, yeah, sure, I was a nurse. I was in the medical field, but I was new to that. I didn't know uh, the longevity of, you know, and the permanence of situations. And so I was really thinking that, oh, you know, it'll get fixed. And for the most part, uh, because we had a great relationship before then, Corey was always a wordsmith, always a conversation. It was not just like pickup lines, but, you know, we could just chit chat about anything. We could problem solve. Um, we could have fun as far as, oh, let's go bowling. Oh, let's check this out. And then 
I'm learning something about bowling that I may never had. Corey taught me how to swim, you know, just basic things like that. And so it was like, wait, we're breaking up because you can't see now. Okay, I think we can still bowl. I've seen those um, ramps. I think we can still swim. I know how to swim now. So at least you won't have to worry about, you know, finding me to save me. So for me, it just wasn't, it just didn't change until maybe later, like now I realize, oh, oh yeah, it's kind of hard for Corey, you know, but um, we had, we've had children. And, and even then I was just kind of like, okay, we got the kids now. So I'm going to go and um, here are the diapers and I've got the milk here that I expressed and I'll be back. But it wasn't even so much as for me ever you can't see, you can't do this or that. Because even as we got married, Corey was the one planning the wedding. Corey was the one organizing things. Corey was the one, um, even with uh, the business, you know, before we got married, this was his baby that he was like, okay, I'm in school. I want to do this. So he's always been a leader before he lost his sight. And then he kept doing it. So I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I'll stay around. Why not? (laughs) Where am I going? So let, let me ask you, so did the, did you find it advantageous? What, as you kind of look back now, did you find that maybe your naivety in the beginning, was that helpful to you? How did that help you kind of stick for the long haul? Did, did that provide any advantage for you? I guess so. You know what? Ignorance is bliss for a reason, because you know, when you don't know that the water is deep, but you do know how to swim, somebody can tell you to jump in and you don't think about, wait, where is the bottom? If I need the bottom, you don't think about that because you can tread water, you can swim for a mile at that point, it's not a concern. And so I've always had the mindset of being the youngest, next to the youngest of nine kids. So I'm child number eight, I have one younger sister. Um, I've had a lot of I've seen a lot of successes, a lot of ways to win from my older brothers and sisters. I know how not to lose because I saw what they did. You know, they're okay. That didn't work. Let me just go this way. I saw their wins. Let me go that way. And so just having that positive outlook, just definitely always having a solution oriented mindset. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're blind. So, all right, let me just pay attention to when I need to tell you that uh, step up, let's duck, let's do this for that. Because when we would be unboxing like a new piece of furniture or something at home, Corey was the one who would say, oh, this goes this way. Oh, it's backwards. That's why it's not fitting. So again, my naivety is it's just ongoing. And I'm sitting here realizing that, oh, I don't know everything. I'm learning as I'm going and I have a leader to follow. So it's not so much of, you know, uh, darn, I hope everything is all right. No, there's no need to look far into the, the future. Worry about today and the solutions that will take you forward. Wow. So I think, that, I mean, I'm really over, almost overwhelmed by hearing that stuff because it's it's just you're navigating not just your marriage, which is tough enough for for as it is. But you're also navigating your careers. You're navigating moving all of this stuff forward together. So I I think as you maybe mentor or counsel or give advice to others, what are some of the things that you really recommend that people do? What what are some of the ways that you recommend that they navigate their relationship challenges considering what you've been through? 
Um, Cora, do you have anything? You know, I always have something. Go ahead, let you go first. Oh, you let me go first? Yay, okay. So, <laughs> well, you know what? I definitely will say that people, um, when they think of relationships, they think of like an intimate relationship, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever. They don't think about, well, what's your parent-child relationship? What kind of relationship did you have with your parents? And then when you got your job, what has been your relationships in the workplace? All the relationships are the same. You know, there's give and take. You got stuff you love and stuff you hate. And so when you go to work, everybody says, man, I hate going to work. I don't want to. But you always think about the paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. And so in a marriage, it's the same thing. It's been hard. Like, don't, don't, let, don't let me fool anyone to have them think that Atumpan Entertainment's success has been because it was easy. Because I would work overnight as a nurse. I would always set my schedule so I could work as a, overnight. However, um, working overnight and getting off to do a 9 a.m. performance somewhere is not easy. However, the performances without Tampon is what I wanted to do. The work is like, okay, I have to do this. So let me just get through it. It's a guaranteed situation. But... Let me look at the upside of what I want to do. And so that is what you have to do in all relationships. Look at, okay, this is hard. We have opposite schedules right now. So what can I do to look at, well, what's the end result? What is the point of it all? And that's how you get through those tough times. Not looking like, not looking at the, the right now solution, but okay, this is a problem. What else can I do about it? You know, the same way when you have your parents. Oh goodness, we all we all all of us that have parents, we know that we love our parents, but there's something that our parents are doing. We're like, dang, I wish they would do this though, or I wish they wouldn't do that. And then what you say is, but it's my parent. You know, you figure out a way to get past that thing. Do the same thing in yeah. your marriage. It works. Yeah. Take it so not from my standpoint. Keywords to me, a lot of people say, okay, uh, yeah, I love one another. Okay, that 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 sounds good, but the real word is me in any relationship is patience. You gotta be patient. When I say patient, not like love is patience. I'm not even going there, but it's like you know, just you know, thinking about it from the standpoint of um, just like, you have to extend a person a certain amount of grace that you want to extend it to you. So mm -hmm. you know, for me, if I'm the type of person that I know that. I'm gonna create a situation. I might create a situation where I spill something, and I might not be accurate in cleaning it up. I might get some of it, or most of it, but I might leave a little behind. You know, if I want grace from her on that end, then when she's running late to pick me up because she's trying to take care of some business at home or running an errand, then yeah, I have to be. Or I forgot because that's happened. I have to. I have to extend <laughs> her the same amount of grace. You know, okay, yeah, I've been standing here for an extra ten minutes, but what is that? Is that? Something to lose my lose my cool over. No, so I everybody. If you're in a relationship, no matter what it is, like the police said, always be willing to be patient and stay grace because if you want grace given, you gotta give grace back. So that's the way. I, that's that's my negative. Yeah, I think love is a love is a word that people use, but, but toss it around casually. Yeah, but it's it's not like everything isn't just love. Like love is so many different things, you know. So you have to look at those aspects, you know. Again, like patience. Um, oh my goodness. Whew, I'll just stop there because <laughs> I could just go on and on. I know you have other questions. Go ahead. So let me ask you this specific question, Corey. Um, what would you say, especially being 
a blind person, somebody that has lost their sight, what piece of advice would you say that you find yourself giving most often? I know that when you go on your your gigs, your engagements, you hear um, people, you know, they come up to you and they ask you questions. So what was what what you what question or what piece of advice would you say you find yourself giving most often? Most the piece of advice that I give most often is to ask a question. Don't assume, ask. So if you meet somebody that you never met before that has a different ability, whether they're in a wheelchair, whether they're, they're vision impaired, no matter what the situation is, don't be afraid to ask. Don't ask the question, what happened to you? That's never not, ask that. Never <laughs> ask that question, but say, hey, do you need help? How can I help? It's okay to ask that question. And you know, and just to you know, what is it that you need me to do? What what is it that you would like me to do? Just to ask a question because that way you open up the door for communication and conversation, and then you get to learn as well that hey, you know, this person isn't disabled, helpless. They're differently able. They just need to get things done in a different way with some accommodation and assistance along the way. And that's everybody. Everybody needs some help, accommodation, and assistance. Like uh, Mr. Kennedy, you have to have a team of people that help you with communication and things like that. Like Laquita, she has me to help her with uh, bringing in groceries, assembling things to come into the house, or with the performance and the performance schedule. Our, our children, our three beautiful daughters, they assist by doing chores sometimes. And then <laughs> they assist by managing different aspects of our live broadcast, whether it's the group communication or they, they're helping to do the, uh, do the uh, tech check or the, the co-piloting. Or uh, before the show starts, so there's a lot, a lot of different ways. Just like I said, don't ask be afraid to ask a question. How can I help? And what can I do to help? And that opens the door for you to see the possibilities and the talent of the person that you're talking about from someone that might be different than you. I love it. So you've got this uh, this sign in between both of you: blind guy, his wife, their life. And so you've obviously got a lot of experiences together, and you even have a YouTube channel, and you have other online sources where you share with people your experiences, your stories, and how you are currently navigating all of that. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us why we need to find you and how you serve the world. I know you do performances, but share with us even even a little bit deeper than that. What what are the things that you do together that and and where can we find you to do those things? Yes. You can find us at blindguyswife.com. That is our website, and it'll lead you to our, our, our webpage. And this is where you can find a little bit more about about me and Lakuda and I, and some of the things that we offer through our blindguyswife.com brand. And the nice thing is that we have um, Corey, of course. This came from the YouTube channel. This started from the YouTube channel. Uh, that was our first thing. So you can always visit there. But we realized we needed a hub, so blindguyhiswife.com is where people can go. And on our on our web, website, there's Press and Sew because we're also partners. So I was going to say, like, the wonderful thing is that we have Corey who's going to take advantage of your commercial. Corey, I hope you were memorizing his commercial words. We're going to steal it for Press and Sew. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, my goodness. Um, you can find us everywhere. You can find us on Press and Sew, uh, but definitely blindguyswife.com leads you to our merch right there on Press and Sew. 
It leads you to our YouTube channel. Uh, it leads you to our plant-based treats because we are plant-based and uh, whole food plant-based is our lifestyle. And so they can find us there. And of course, the email if they want to contact us, admin at blindguyhiswife.com. What we do on that channel is we started out doing edited videos to give everybody an idea of what uh, what different different aspects of life looks like when you get our, what people like to call interable, interable couple how I get things done as a blind person, how she plays a part in our as my, my wife, and how the children play a role are part of our life as well as our performance. And in the midst of everything that's been going on over the past year, we brought our personality and our performance elements to the live broadcast that we do every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Blind Guy's Wife, their life. And we do that every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 11, 15, Eastern Standard Time, AM. We change the narrative of normal. So we bring guests on that uh, give people a different look, a different different um, ideas about what, what it means to be normal. by And how people get things done. By exposing the different careers, giving financial tips, giving um, and this is not lifestyle us. tips. This is not us giving the financial or lifestyle tips. The guests that we bring on, they add that knowledge so it, it enhances the platform that way. We learn, our audience learns, and we've been able to get a global reach because our CDs and audiobooks, we've produced those in the past and they have definitely reached the global audience and you know, different African countries, different Asian countries, Europe, European America, countries, Central America. Yeah, the Americas. But with Blind Guy's Wife, their live, uh, the live show, we can reach and engage with people in South Africa, Nigeria, also in Namibia. So we have people streaming in from Belgium. We're engaging with them. And of course, they're engaging with our guest of the day. So it's it's been really great to do that. Excellent. Well, it's been amazing to have you on the show. Thanks so much for spending some time sharing your experiences, sharing your journey with us. I know that people have so much more that they can learn from you. So make sure that you go to blindguyhiswife.com. Make sure that you visit their YouTube channel and that you hang out with them because my goodness, they've got so much to share. Well, listen, everybody, so glad that you were able to join us today. I know that life is challenging. I know that life sometimes has surprises. I know that there are things that come up sometimes that you may not expect, and sometimes they may be painful. But great Lao Tzu says that new beginnings often come disguised as painful endings. And it's what you do with those endings. It's what you do with those situations that really determine your success, that really determine your future. And I say this at the end of every show. I say this statement because I really want you to embrace it. I really want you to know that the things that are happening in your life are not because somebody has a vendetta against you. It's not because somebody's out to get you. It's really meant to make you better. It's really meant to see what you're made of. It's really meant to see how you are going to push through to get towards your success. Remember, y'all, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'll see you next time on the What's My Story podcast. What's my story?